Hey everyone, I wanted to drop you a quick note. There is no intro or closing music this week as my laptop is in the shop and I forgot to pull the audio off of it. Second, you may notice a few skips in the audio. We had some recording problems and I had to cut out the style description because the skipping was really bad and I didn't want to subject it to that. The rest of the show sounds pretty good, so enjoy this episode of Craft Beer Radio and I'll talk to you again next week. Craft Beer Radio, episode 26, January 5th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, Imperial Stouts, our first show of 2006. First of two shows on Imperial Stouts, too. These are going to be fun shows. Yeah, it's actually not quite cold outside, but it will be getting cold sometime tonight. I think it's cold enough. Our, our blood's thick now. Yes. Thicker than it was in the summer, so we should enjoy it. Definitely. Anyway, let's go on to business. All right. We received a PayPal donation from David in Illinois the other day. So, thanks. Thanks, David. I didn't even notice it. I didn't get an email for some reason. I logged in the PayPal to check my balance from when I sold the car. And I'm like, oh, there's a transaction. Oh, someone gave us some money. Nice. So, I noticed that your car was gone, by the way. Yeah. Got picked up finally. Sold. So thank you very much, David. Thanks, David, a lot. We really appreciate it. Next thing is several people have asked, and I have finally caved in. Mm-hmm. They wanted us to put our rankings up on the notes on the shows. And I went back and did like the last 10 or 12 shows. Yeah. And I'll get the rest up when I get to it. But on the website for all the upcoming shows, you'll see the order at which we rank the beers. I know there's at least one show we didn't do a rankings on. First couple we probably didn't, so. I think we did for most of them, but I remember one that I, like a couple days later I was listening to and I was like, wait, we didn't, we didn't even do rankings we forgot. on the show. <laughs> oh, well. But that's cool, yeah. So you can go back and listen to see what we thought and probably disagree with us. Right. A lot of people were, wanted to see what beers we liked, but didn't want to download and listen to the whole mm-hmm. show again and didn't want to waste our bandwidth. So I could was more than happy to, yeah. to put up those rankings. Vote, vote, vote. Vote, vote. Very nice. Vote or die, like Puffy said. Well, we won't make you die, but <laughs> it's been a couple of months since we've begged. So everyone who hasn't donated Please. us money or sent us beer better get their butts over to podcastalley.com and give us a stinking little vote. <laughs> Like, I love how you're mean about it. It's like good cop, bad cop. It's okay. Please vote. Vote now. <laughs> we would like to get in the top 25 this month, and it should be possible. So if you could take five seconds and go vote for us, that would be wonderful. It would be great, because we really do appreciate when people vote for us. And, and if, if we get high up on the podcast alley list, that means more people will discover us, et cetera, et cetera. So you know there is a link right on the show notes in bold saying, vote for us on podcast alley. All you got to do is click there and click the vote button. Mm-hmm. And there are several ways that you can lead us feedback. You can uh, post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on the aforementioned podcast, <laughs> Alley. Uh, you can call our comment line at 206-202-BEER. You can send us an email or audio comment to the email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can send us a telegram to craftbeerradio.stop.stop.com. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you working on that one? I, I came up with a bunch of them last night, actually. Oh, really? Well, we should have used another different one. Hey, Greg. Hey, Jeff. What are you up to? Well, I'm just kind of ordering some stuff on Sudsgear.com with the coupon code CBR. Can a regular Joe like me use the coupon code CBR on Sudsgear.com? Sure thing. It's easy and fun. All you have to do is place your order, and when checking out, enter the coupon code CBR. Gee whiz, that is easy. <laughs> And that is not even the best part. You save 10% on your order when you use the coupon code CBR. 10%? Wow, that's like getting free money. Exactly. And who doesn't like free money? I'll tell you who. The terrorists. 
I'll show those terrorists. Thanks, SudsGear.com. Thank you, SudsGear. Yay. And scene. <laughs> On the email. <laughs> that was our little play. <clears throat> lots of email this week. Yeah, lots, lots of good stuff. Lots of email. Eric wrote in. I was wondering if we could make a page on our website that shows both the rankings of the beers that we sampled on each show. <laughs> Tends to forget. <laughs> we just did that. I forgot I put this in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, on to the next one. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Heath writes, This Sam Adams Holiday Porter was introduced in last year's Winter Seasonals Pack. He remembers this because their Honey Porter was one of the regulars through the 90s, and this was their first widely available porter since. Interesting. The Sam Adams Triple Bock is 17 point. Five percent alcohol by volume. So even if it was abused, it should hold up well. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it's ninety degrees or something in that bottle, well, we'll see. Yeah, only the only opening the cork will uh, let us know for That's sure. True. You could there's abuse and there's abuse. He says it's a love it or hate it beer. So it it's if you like the the flavors that are in it, you'll like it. Otherwise, not that good. He has not found a beer on beer advocate that has a higher standard deviation of rankings. <laughs> so yeah. people either love it or yeah, hate it. Yeah. John wrote in, he's gathering ingredients for our uh, multi-brew experiment that we're doing. Mm -hmm. He had a quick question, and I put this on because it was interesting, and some other people might find it interesting as well. He was doing a uh, partial volume boil. Instead of boiling the whole five gallons like we did, Greg, he was just boiling half of the volume, two and a half gallons. And then adding water later. And he wanted to know if he needed to add more hops to get to the same IBUs. So I went. I did a little bit of research. He was curious, you know, since he's using half the volume, does he have to use double the hops? Right. Or whatnot. And I, I I knew that it wasn't going to be double, but I didn't know if it was going to be like a tenth more or an ounce or two more. So I went and did the research. And apparently, for a full boil, you can estimate about 30% utilization of hops. And with a partial boil, it's 27%. So That's it's, interesting. That's not... So it's only a little bit more. Yeah. So for our recipe, where I was using 8 AAUs to get the bitterness. If you're using partial boil, you might want to use 8.88 AAUs. Almost 9 uh, Peter from Pittsburgh wrote in that he had Mendocino Winter Ale 2006 at his parents' house on Christmas Day, and he said it was quite splendid. Now you guys are hopheads, and Mendocino was released a double IPA as their winter seasonal. Tastes like liquefied hop plant. <laughs> very crisp, clear finish, and no bad aftertaste or attenuation, so that does sound good. Overall, he was very impressed, and he thought we may enjoy it if we could find it, and anybody who's a hophead listening would probably also enjoy it, too. Dave from Illinois wrote in. He had the good fortune of getting a bottle of Sam Adams Utopias for Christmas. Oh. And had a question before he popped the cap. He wanted to know how long he could nurse the bottle for mm-hmm. before it would start turning down. I wasn't able to give him a really good answer because I don't have much experience with Utopias, but I told him to check out the Beer Advocate forums. I'm sure someone there will be able to give him an answer. I'm guessing that since it's so high alcohol, like a spirit, it'll probably maintain itself pretty well. Yeah, it might start oxidizing. Though That was what he was yeah. worried about, the oxidation. Actually, I told him that the notes that I found said that he shouldn't open it. He should pack it up and send it to Craft Beer Radio. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did see that note. Uh, Didn't you see that one? That was that was actually the, the first note I read. Mike wrote in I wrote it, his though. Wow Beers. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've got a few people here with Wow Beers. Mike's Wow Beers, number four, was Russian River Brewing Company, Piney the Elder, hmm. which was ranked very, very high on uh, Beer Advocate. It's a very hoppy double IPA. Number three was the Sam Adams Pilsner. Surprised him. Great taste. He had a much lower expectation. I'm curious if that was the Bohemian Pilsner. I'm guessing that they it were was. testing, or the Harvest Pilsner, the Imperial Pils. Hmm. 
I would guess the the test one, the, Probably the Bohemian the test, Pilsner. Yeah. Number two, Alaskan Beer Company Smoked Porter. Yep, yeah. that's a wow beer. Yeah. Great flavor, quite unique. Here's a tip. Go get some brisket, pour a pint or two over it, and mix a bit of barbecue sauce and throw it into a crock for eight hours. Well, while that does sound good, it also sounds like, man, you're, you're wasting two pints worth of Alaskan smoked porter. Well, in California, it's yeah. a lot more available That's than this true. It's, it's really hard to get in Pittsburgh, so unfortunately we can't really use that tip. Or else and the beer he has for his number one wild beer is Firestone's Porter Reserve. Hands down the best porter I've had. A keg is on its way. If you have a chance to get your paws on this one, give it a try. A keg is on its way? I don't know what that means. Probably to his house. Yeah. If he's sending us a keg. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow, that'd be great. Uh, uh, I did mention Smoke Porter is one of my wild beers. So, mm-hmm. makes sense. Joe wrote in with some wild beers. His wild beers were all Belgian this year. Delirium Tremens and Noel. I'm not sure how to say this one. Duchesse de Bourgogne. I... Or, yeah, Duchess or Duchesse de Bourgogne. Duch- well, yeah. I've had delirium. I've had all the delirium stuff. I did like Noel a lot. Tremens, I'm not a big fan of, but I'm not a huge fan of triples. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Tremens. I like Nocturnum. I don't think I've yeah. had delirium's Noel. It was really good. I had it at the Tri-Patch. Elephants with Santa hats on? <laughs> I forget what the bot, well, what the tap said. He said the latter really surprised him that, that Duchesse one. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was a lambic. He usually finds them too sweet or tart. He said this one was more moderate and consequently more drinkable. It was uh, popular with his mother, who doesn't like beer, and but now she recognizes that it beer's not doesn't all taste the same, which is always good to. I introduced my my friend's mother to um, Frambois because uh, Lindemann's Frambois because mm-hmm. I knew that no matter what, somebody's gonna like that. Yeah, especially somebody somebody doesn't like beer. I don't like beer. It all tastes the same. Well, try this. He had a couple of American runner-ups: Rogue Dead Guy Ale, Harpoon mm-hmm. IPA, Arrogant Bastard, and Raison Dietra, which he thought was highly underrated. I, I don't like Raison Dietro. I don't like I've it I've had it a couple times. Either. It just doesn't a, do it for me for some reason. It's kind of like a Belgian strong. It's a little too sweet for me. Okay. And his PS is really good, too. Do you realize how both happy and then sad I got once my dream of a double barley wine was dashed by a misplaced modifier? That was the end of the show last week where I said we were having a a, a double barley wine show. Uh-huh. And uh, you oh. thought I meant like double <laughs> barley wine is in double IPA, but <laughs> yeah. I meant two barley wine shows. <laughs> So, uh, Joe was uh, very, thought the same thing. He was yeah. getting excited for a few seconds the there. <laughs> uh, Chris's wild beer is a Dogfish Head 60 Minute IPA. Really good beer. Great, great yeah. session beer, yeah. Or, well, a little strong session yes, beer. It's 6%. It's kind of a American session beer. <laughs> and Stout's Winter Ale. Interesting. We had the Winter Ale. Yeah. Or that was that very, uh, was that Old Ale one? That we were, or Porter. Yeah, the Porter, Porter one. That's yeah. it. Uh, Matt from Rockland, California writes, he wanted to let us know about a great board game that his wife gave him for Christmas called Brewopoly. It's a monopoly with beers. Uh, he gave us a whole list. Uh, instead of motels and hotels, you get to buy brew pubs and microbreweries. And uh, you get properties that all are basically different Yeah, beers. a bunch of craft beers. Uh, the cheapest two are Buzzards Bay Lager and Appalachian Jolly Scott Scottish Ale. So those are uh, Baltic and Meridian or the mm-hmm. first two. The top two, Park Place and Boardwalk, are the Great American Beer Festival and the World Beer Cup. I was looking at some of these. There's like Flying Fish Extra Pale Ale. We've had that one. Anderson uh, Valley Boont Amber Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full Sail Amber, Brooklyn Lager. Bear Republic Hop Rod Rye. Road Dead Guy. Now, my question is, Monopoly with bre- microbreweries, isn't that kind of counter to itself? 
You're like, <laughs> I'm Imbev, and I'm going to buy up all these breweries. Well, it's it's, it's brewopoly, you see. I know, but you're still you're <laughs> buying up all these breweries to charge people rent yeah, to, to drink there. That's true. That's true. I didn't think I'm Imbev, and you're Anheuser Busch. Let's play. <laughs> On to news. The new Sam Adams has been chosen. We talked about this a couple of times that they were competing with a brown ale and a pilsner. A bohemian pilsner. A yes. bohemian pilsner for uh, their new specialty beer they're going to be producing. And the brown ale won. 11,000 beer yeah. enthusiasts voted. And the, uh, the brown ale had 6,649 votes. The brown, and the pilsner had... Five thousand one hundred nine votes. We had a uh, per, we had I guess a couple people write in and say they they liked the Pilsner a lot, uh, and I was interested in checking out how because I want to see another good brown ale in the market. So this would be interesting. I feel bad for anybody who's not going to be able to get a ta- chance to taste Pilsner, which which includes us. Right. Brewers in thirty five states serve Poor Richard's Ale on Brendan Franklin's birthday. We talked about the uh, Poor Richard's Ale a long time ago when the homebrew club was having the competition. I think it was at Wincoop where. Uh, they were having a competition what the recipe was going to be for Poor Richard's Ale. Oh, okay. And the one guy, he was, actually worked at a brewery in Colorado, I think, somewhere. I forget the name of it. He won. So now the uh, the Brewers Association and the AHA, AHA put out the recipe, and now a bunch of pubs are serving the same beer made to the same recipe. Sounds like the craft beer radio. The multi-brew experiment. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I was writing this up. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. The, um, the Poor Richard's Ale emulates beers of Franklin's Day, including molasses and corn, two distinctly American ingredients. The recipe was chosen by brewers. Well, this says the recipe was chosen by brewers and historians in October. Now, I think they meant last October, and the, the brewers and historians are judges, and mm. uh, there's a competition. If you go to poorrichardsale.com, you'll find more information including a nice write-up that the guy who made the recipe has about the research he did. It's a pretty interesting read, talking about how it wasn't a porter style because porters weren't big in America mm-hmm. until after the revolution or something like that. And he went through all these different things. It was very interesting if you're interested in beer history and check that out. colonial America. Uh, Lou Bryson, craft beer radio visitor, has put out his best of 2005. He He's a beer writer for New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, D.C., those areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, his best New York beer is Finn and Matt's Extraordinary Ale from Southern Tier, which I need to try again. I had it once, and I thought it was much less than inst- extraordinary. So, <laughs> oh, wow. so we're going to have to try it again. Best PA beer, Selins Grove Creek. Best Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and D.C. beer, Clay Pipe Brewing Pursuit of Hoppiness. That sounds good. The best Why are they all, all four of those together? I guess they're so close. Hmm. Yeah, in his book, he he has three books, and he puts them all together because there's just not that many breweries to fill up a book, probably. The best Pennsylvania brew pub, Appalachian Brewing in Harrisburg. It's not that far away. Middle of the state. Yeah, I was there um, last fall. It's a nice place. He says they've turned... He gave it to them because they turned around a lot over the past year or two. So I need to go back and check that. Best Virginia, Maryland... Delaware, D.C. brew pub, the Brewer's Art. I've heard of it before, and but I've never been there. People in the area probably know about how good that one is. Mm. This one's pretty cool. Yeah. Best new brewery in the East, East End Brewing Company. East End Brewing. He was talking about, you know, Scott doing it all by himself and going balls With to the With occasional help from Jeff Bear, we should have. Well, exactly. That's one of the reasons I'm so proud. <laughs> going balls to the wall and doing a fresh hop ale his first year. 
who helped brew the Fresh Hop Ale? Jeff Me. Bear did. <laughs> so I brewed half the... I helped brew half, so I'm one quarter responsible for the Fresh Hop Ale. <laughs> Best new brew pub in Pennsylvania is North Country Brewing, which is the one that's up by my work, where I go to lunch. Oh, yeah, that was good. That so, place was good. We went there once. The last piece of news we have is an email I got just this afternoon, and... Um, there's some interesting tidbits in here, Greg. You'll like this. Mm-hmm. Lion Brewing is putting out a brew house Bach. Lion Brewing was a brewery that sent us that beer last summer yeah. for the 100th anniversary. And uh, they're putting out four seasonal beers this year. These are recipes that the brewmasters have located in the brewery's early archives from the early 1900s. The first one out of the four they're making is Stegmeier Brewhouse Bach. And it'll be arriving in early February. And the, this Bach will only be available in Pennsylvania. Now, the part that's going to be interesting for the rest of you is we were talking about why are box associated with goats. Right. Well, this email told me, and it's very cool. In medieval days, a type of beer was brewed during the sign of the Capricorn. Which is a goat. Which is a goat. It's a goat. So that's why Bach beer, the word Bach, which means goat, and goats are associated with Bach beers. Hmm. Okay, we have a what beer am I? A listener submitted what beer am I? Thank you, Scott. Okay, the first clue. I am a German Weizenbach style beer that is 8% alcohol by volume. I'm hopped with 26 IBUs of German hops, and I have a malty sweetness that is balanced with characteristics of banana and clove in the flavor and aroma. I come in a 750 milliliter bottle, and I am only the second beer offered in this series. So we'll see if anyone else can get it. I didn't want to say, oh, I didn't get it, so that's too hard. If Corey doesn't, <laughs> then it's too hard. Yeah. No pressure, Corey. And we're back with Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout. This is 7% alcohol. Uh, it is our lowest alcohol imperial style of the night. Made by the Samuel Smith Old Brewery in Tadcaster, North Yorkshire in the UK. Do you Bre- want to place an over and under on whether we got a good bottle or not? I'm going to place an over and say, yes, we did get a good bottle. I can guess because it's so dark. Even, it is, even though it is a clear bottle, it is a dark beer. For those who aren't sure what we're talking about, we've had some bad luck with Samuel Smith beers. Well, actually, beers that aren't in brown bottles in general yeah. on this show. And I don't smell skunkiness on it. I just smell sort of that imperial stout kind of dark roastiness. Okay. Sugariness, sweetness in there. First thing I smell is a, a raisiny type aroma. Yeah, raisin. Um, you know, sweet, uh, dark fruit. Yeah. Not much information on this brewery. Brewery was started in 1758. So they've been making beer for a few years. Just a, a, a jet black darkness with uh, a slightly um, slightly creamy head, I guess. I thought I was seeing highlights, but it's the glow from my mouse. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's really no highlights here. It's just jet black. Get a lot of roast on the flavor. Yeah. A sweetness that kind of trickles back. Somewhat reminds me of the Doppelbox in, in, in the sweetness. Okay. Triples back on, on the uh, top of your uh, the roof of your mouth. Finishes pretty dry. You can certainly taste the alcohol in this one. Yeah. Even though it's only, I mean, low at the end at 7%. They do not have a website, though. Best thing you can find is there's a page on the Merchant Duvin website, the importer. Has a little bit of info about them, but... Come on, Samuel Smith, get a website. <laughs> they have websites in England, don't they? No, they've been around for long enough, I think, that they probably don't need one. I mean, their their beer is pretty well known. It's um, it's not overly thick tasting. No, it's not. It's not a mouthful. Mm-hmm. It's not a light beer either. No, but. no, it's not thin by any means. 
a little bit of a burnt aftertaste to it, a really dark roast. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, if not burnt, dark roast aftertaste that lingers. And I'm not getting, much in the way of hoppiness there. It's just, it's just sort of the roastiness. Yeah. And you get some of the, the raisin yeah. flavor and dark fruit. Carbonation levels are, are moderate. Actually, a little bit higher than I might expect from this style. I don't know if I'd pick up on them being a little bit higher. I mean, I think they're in line. It'd be acceptable to have lower carbonation too, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're really high. No, I'm not. I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that it's it's unacceptably yeah. high. It's just okay. a little bit higher than I might have expected. Well, you got a nice snifter there. Just roll some carbonation out. Oh, okay, good idea. Roll, 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 and enjoy the aroma that you just released. Definitely a lot of alcohol in that aroma. Yeah, it. it that's the two things I get. I get the the raisin aroma a lot mm-hmm. more than I'm getting a roast. Which is kind of a little bit surprising. Yeah, it's a sweetness. And then the alcohol, for sure. Wow. I haven't quite gotten the the twirl thing down. <laughs> it seems... I, I used to do it on the table like this until I got the hang of it. Oh, okay, I see. But it makes too much noise for the recording, yeah. so... Never was good at hula hooping, either. <laughs> yeah, that did, my, that did bring the carbonation down, level down a bit. So, last night at the BJCB class, it's our last regular class, we tasted um, sour ale, sour beers and lambics. Mmm, yummy. And uh, actually, we didn't get to the sour beers. I'm not sure if things got cut short or if uh, we forgot or what, but we had uh, the Cantalon Grand Cru. Mm-hmm. We've had it once before, and they're always single batches, so this one was very different. Talk about sour, though, if you haven't had one. You mm. like the sour beers. Yeah. Find some people to drink it with, because... The big 750 milliliter bottle was 18 bucks, so Ooh. so not cheap, but definitely interesting. The the limbiques are in the uh, category where the description were um, acceptable aromas are barnyard and horse blanket. <laughs> so everything short of fecal is yeah. okay for a lambique. And then we had the Lindemann's Pesh for the fruit one. We had that after the the regular lambique, and. It tasted like drinking peach syrup. It was yeah. just so sweet, <laughs> especially after having such a sour thing in your mouth. Right. And, uh, we was also, it like Sour Patch Kids sour, or was it... Did it make you yeah. pucker? Yeah, it made you pucker. It hmm. may, I mean, I like the flavor, but it does make some faces. It seems like I was making the faces just to get, it, like, get the flavor out of yeah. certain parts of my mouth, and so I could explore it and everything. But yeah, some of them laughed at me because I was making faces, <laughs> but I wasn't, wasn't grimacing or anything. And then the first beer of the night we had was a Belgian wit. We had Hoogarden. First time I've had that in a long time. How was it? I liked it. More than uh, more than the last time I've had a Belgian wit, which was, well, we did the wit show. Let me think. Which I called wits at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Still bagging my head over I'm that I'm trying one. to think. We'll have to do wits again. Yeah. My palate has expanded so much since the wits that it's it's hard to tell what I thought back in. That was our third show. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, both of our palates have really expanded since then. I don't think I've had a wit since the show, except for last night, so. Who Garden sometimes gets uh, poo-pooed because it's available everywhere. It's not bad. I uh, used to have the same opinion, too. But like I said, I've since sworn off all those bad preconceptions. Yeah. And yeah, Who Garden is not bad. And you'll find it at, like, Applebee's and stuff like that. So it's another good choice. Beers you might... Find at a non-craft beer bar. I think I'm more partial to something like Allagash White, but um, Who Garden, yeah, does have good flavor. Make sure don't don't get any 
fruits or anything, and it goes out saying. Mm-hmm. But if they if they try to stick a fruit in there, I thought there was plenty of fruit flavor yeah. in the Who Garden by itself. Tons of orange, primarily. I was getting an orange. Yeah, and I, I'm like, it doesn't need any more fruit. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I went to a bar that had Who Garden, and, and I had some. It was, it was actually the, the last week I was at work before for uh, the Christmas holiday, and uh, yeah, they I asked for one. They brought it out with an orange, and I was like, "Oh no!" Well, I didn't say it, but immediately just took the orange out and stuck it on the on the, in the service tray. <laughs> you should have thrown it back at the server. Yeah, like, get this out of here. So this is a good Samuel Smith. Mm-hmm. It's uh, too dark to skunk. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> I did grab it from the very back dark corner of D's. So hopefully, you know that might have helped too. I'm sure it did, and also D's has kind of low lighting in their area. Yeah. Which contributes some, too. So hopefully it was in its case until it got the D's and then thrown in the We got to try out that Cave Creek Ale, or the chili. Oh, the chili. <laughs> Crazy Ed's Cave Creek Chili Ale, whatever. <laughs> they have so much of that there. Do they? I didn't see it the last time yeah. I was there. I mean, that's what, the lowest rated beer on Beer Advocate? Not the lowest, but it's... It's People, down there. It's the it's a gimmick beer with the chili pepper in it. Right. It's not. Well, you know, I, I remember that at the Extreme Beer Fest, I, I had a jala, I wish I remember what it was, but I had a jalapeno beer. There was a jalapeno in every can. They said it was canned. Okay. And it was good. I'm not saying chili and beer equals bad, but they do it for the gimmick, not because yeah. it makes the beer. Well, maybe it does make the beer better, but it's still horrible. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of like jalapenos, um, and it really had this. It was kind of like an ale with a flavor of jalapeno with it, but it wasn't really spicy. See, I'm not a huge fan of the jalapeno pepper. I like um, chili peppers, and I love the taste of habanero peppers. Oh, really? But the taste of jalapenos really just don't, doesn't do it for me. I love the taste of, of habaneros, but the spiciness does get overbearing. Yeah, you gotta you gotta use it right, but I just think it has the best flavor of any pepper. Then the heat kills you. Yeah. But if you don't use it right, one thing you can do. Uh, I remember I used to make this chicken dish where I put a little bit of habanero in there and pan fried it. And when you fry it, when you, when you heat the pepper, it gets rid of a lot of the capsaicin, which is a spice. Right. It's a spicy chemical, and so you get some of the flavor of jalapeno without a whole lot of the spiciness. Although it's certainly there, it doesn't all go away. But it isn't quite as mouth, you know, as eye-tearing. Okay. Um, if you want to hear more Pepper Talk, listen to the post show where Greg will tell the story about his friend who did a shot glass of some of the hottest hot sauce you can get. That was a fun story. <laughs> uh, our next beer is the Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout from North Coast Brewing in Fort Bragg, California. Actually, let's... He's a little cold still. Okay. Let's do the uh, Siberian Night first. All right. The, the, more, the old Rasputin has been in the fridge for a long, long time. So we're going to go with the Siberian Night, which is... I assume this is probably a double, not a Russian. Well, they call it an Imperial Stout. Oh, okay. Now, whether on Beer Advocate they put it under the American Double Stout, I'm really unclear of where the line is drawn. I think... Hoppiness has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and sure. well, it said on the description, most are aged in oak. A lot of the American double whales or stouts I've seen on the site are not oak beers. It's a fraction of the ones that are oak beers. So, I'm not sure. Hmm. This is the gold medal winner at the Great American Beer Festival. Wow, this is a uh, winter seasonal. It's nine percent alcohol, and it's from like we said, Thirsty Dog Brewing in Independence, Ohio. Actually, they're closed now. That's right. Brewed under contract by Frederick Brewing Company in Ooh. Fredericks, Virginia. Ooh. 
Yeah, look at the color of that head. Yeah, the Never head is kind of like a, a very dark tan. And the aroma, I'm trying I mean, to... if a head could be black, this one would be black. Wow, I'm trying to place that aroma. It's different. Very different. Almost a wood. A woodiness. And you said this is not aged in... No, I don't... This one is not, as far as I'm aware. I'm getting a lot of roast aroma in this one. And it... Um... Not not in any of that um, drier, sharper, like the dark fruit flavors, we were, aromas we were getting out of the Samuel Smith. This yeah, a lot more n- rose. None of, the, none of the sugariness is there, and the alcohol isn't really that present. But there's there's almost kind of a woodiness to it that I that I can smell. I think I can get where you're coming from. So um, could be. I mean, we could drink it. and It could taste like oak. But last yeah. time I had this beer, it wasn't an oak beer to me. But we'll see. This beer is pitch black, too. Yeah, I think they're all going to be like that. Pitch black, unless otherwise noted. (laughs) Very good. I am getting... What is that flavor? It's like a mixture of chocolate and licorice. Yes, not not as dark a roastiness. Uh, I agree with you, there's chocolate in there. It's a thicker mouthfeel than the Samuel Smith's Less Carbonation. It's one of those Imperial Stouts that has a... um, you get the sweetness in the very back of your throat, right? Mm-hmm. Right at the back of your tongue, right? Focus down your throat. And uh, that's where I'm also getting... I think it's a combination. It's obviously a combination of the malts, because it's all malt in this mm-hmm. thing, and some of the alcohol, where it's coming together a little bit... Not really a black licorice. It's kind of like that, but it's sweeter. So what's that? Maybe a... Not, no, I wouldn't really say current... Come on, you know flavors better than I do. What is that? I'm trying to, to, to pick it. It, it. Part of it is that it's not a, a flavor that, to me, is all that enticing. Oh, really? I'm a little bit put off by it. Huh. I like it. Um, I'm trying to place it, and I, and I can't quite. Uh, I, I get what you're saying with the licorice. There's definitely some of that there. Getting a lot of warming in this beer now. A lot of alcohol warming mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't place that. I... I like your idea of currant because that's another flavor they just don't like very much. Okay, but I don't think it's quite the same. I mean, if it's if it's weak, you know, currants are usually really strong yeah, flavors. Yeah, and I guess if you could make it weak enough, it might be currant or currant-ish. I was just hesitant to say it because normally they're so strong, you know, and in your face. It's kind of an end uh, bitterness, which I don't really associate so much with hops as with a, a burnt roastiness flavor. Yeah, some of the. The roasted barley is going to give you a lot of the that kind of bitter mm-hmm. flavor, and you know I'm sure there's a boatload of it in this beer. The, the one the one thing that's coming to mind I don't know whether it's there or not. Papaya. Papaya. You're not wrong. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, there's almost like a citrusiness to it. Is that from hopping? Maybe. I suppose it could be. I, I mean, where else would they get the flavors? Yeah, it's weird because it's, it's a flavor I would not have picked out on my own. But when Greg said it, I'm like, well, if you mix in enough roasted barley to, to mute it, it, it's there. Kind of a kind of like papaya. It's been a long time since I've had fresh papaya. Mm-hmm. I eat dried papaya a lot, but so I'm trying to remember what fresh stuff tastes like. I'm just amazed at the color of the head on this thing. It's not very often you see a head that black. Yeah. Dark brown. 
getting a little bit more roasty, a little um, a little bit easier to drink in 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 my for my tongue. I'm not saying I'd turn one of these down, but uh, not I, a gold medal winner in your heart. No, hmm. I like the Samuel Smiths more. My next door neighbor uh, used to buy a couple cases of Bell's Expedition Stout, which is a beer we'll be tasting next week every winter, and that's fifty bucks a case. He now buys this because it's about thirty bucks a case, hmm. and I think it's just it's just about as good. Now, like you said, you're finding things that you don't like, but I think it's a if you like this kind of characteristic in your imperial styles, which is definitely on the path of what I want to have. Right, um, price wise, it's a heck of a deal compared to the 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 comps out there on the market. What does that remind me? Um, there was a beer that I it was it was a Weyerbacher was it Weyerbacher. Their winter warm. It was, I know what it was. It was Lancaster's winter warmer. Okay. I picked up some of that. We talked about that when we were doing the winter warmer show. It's a high alcohol beer and it's pretty cheap. It's like twenty six bucks or something. Okay. For like a nine percent beer. You got a case of it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know they were saying when I bought that the guys were like, yeah, that's a pretty cheap price for a high alcohol beer. These guys at the place near me are really good. I mean, when I when I pick out a good beer, like hey, that's a good beer. You know what you're doing. It's nice when you know place where I go, the clerks really aren't that involved. Mm-hmm. The one guy who works there, you can strike up a conversation with him and he knows what he's talking about. But like the owner's daughter works there. She's like 19 and she's just a piece of tail to bring in customers. I right. Think. She doesn't right. know anything about the beer. So, Well, I mean, you can tell these guys, they, they get a lot of the guys just bringing in because I see guys walking out with 24 or 32 packs of Coors Light or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they have a whole selection of, of Belgians and, and great craft beers and you can tell you know that they they really enjoy their beer which distributor is that this is um a place right near where i live i'm soon gonna be moving so it's not gonna be that close to me anymore but i'm definitely gonna keep going to them i think it's called west liberty beers it's on okay. west liberty right right next to liberty tubes okay i've never been there but that's you know it's always nice finding a good yeah distributor oh, like they're, huge they're, wall great. Of micros. they're great they they, <laughs> they knew i was really into anderson valley and they got um eight cases or ten cases of the anderson valley winter solstice uh-huh. I went back there twice to get case, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, you had a lot of it, didn't you? Oh, man, I loved it. I, I would give it to everybody I knew. and uh-huh. you know, It just goes fast when you start uh, handing uh, out. Oh, absolutely. 24 beers is a lot until you start sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes quick. So that was that was really cool. And they know me over there now. Because like, I, every week I go get something new. Our next beer is, I think Old Rasputin should be okay by now. Yeah, that, that's it's still a little cold, but it's better. The Old Rasputin... Uh, Russian Imperial Stout from, like we said before, North Coast Brewing Company in Fort Bragg, California. Uh, their website is northcoastbrewing.com. Brewery started in 1988 and an annual production of 27,000 barrels. This is 8.9% alcohol by volume and a 75 IBU beer. Available year-round. And Jeff has had this in his fridge for about six months, so we know it's available year-round. Yeah. I bought it before, and I never felt like drinking an Imperial Stout in the summer. And when winter came around, I'm like, well, we'll be having an empty Stout <laughs> yeah. show soon, so I might as well save it and not have to buy another bottle. It was always one of those beers that we had for us ready for the post-show, but we never used it. Yeah. And it's a great beer to do on the show. It's nationally available. It's available year-round. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to be able or not, na- maybe if not nationally, it's widely available. And uh, a lot of people can find Old Rasputin. A sweet aroma, a kind of candy aroma. Mixed with some maltiness and alcohol. Now, when I took my first aroma, 
what I got was a very sweet hoppy aroma, like you get from a double IPA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got the hoppiness. No, I just I just smell candy. Well, when I smell more, it might change. I'm just I, that was my very first impression. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that at you. And I mean, I'll see if it changes, but I'm like, that's that's like the grapefruit, candy grapefruit you get from like a double IPA that's smacking you up beside the head. I'm not getting much roast, really. I'm getting some alcohol, and I think I'm getting hops. Could be crazy. I'm surprised I'm smelling hops in this beer like I am. I'm surprised, too, because all I smell is this really candy sweetness and a little bit of alcohol. Well, you know what? As I let some of that aroma dissipate, I am getting a little sliver of hops there. This is a much sweeter beer. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm like, am I registering this right? Because, I mean, it it smells like an IPA to me for some reason. And I just want to make sure I'm not lying. Where's the roast at? It has to be there somewhere. (laughs) This is, it's a very stark contrast from the Thirsty Dog. Yeah, flavor-wise, it's, it's, um, it is a hoppy tasting beer. Yeah. Really hoppy. Never noticed that when I had it before. You get some hops first, at least I am, then I'm getting a little bit of alcohol, and then as the aftertaste is coming through, I'm getting some of the dry, roasted flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. The, you get this, this kind of candy sweetness, hoppiness. It dissolves the kind of bitterness. It's a wetter finish than the other beers. It dissolves this kind of bitterness on the sides of your mouth, and you get this kind of roastness on your tongue as you breathe air over it. Higher carbonation than... Uh, it reminds me of the Samuel Smith in terms of carbonation. I think it's even higher than the Sam Smith. Maybe uh, I want to work some out right now. We're both working some out by twirling our... It uh, it rebor- rebirthed the head on the beer. It certainly does. We should also mention that th- th- this beer is still pretty cold, so some of the flavors are, are maybe not coming out quite right. Is it bottle conditioned? Certainly. There's a uh, hefty coating of sludge on the bottom of that bottle. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Thirsty Dog was filtered. Or if it was bottle conditioned, it was done so in a manner where there's no visible sediment. Right. And same with the, I expect Samuel Smith was also was, was filtered, I, I would yeah. imagine. Almost certainly it's filtered. Yeah. Oh, we had somebody um, mess, uh, send us a message saying they didn't like the... The, the sounds of us slurping. Or, yeah, there's a listener. Um, at least we don't a guy burp. from Philadelphia, I think. What was his name? It's not because I don't appreciate your feedback. It's just I talked to about 30 different listeners this week. <laughs> um, anyway, he doesn't like the sound. I, remember when we were talking earlier the show, I have a co-worker who hates the pouring sound on the radio yeah. and the, the mouth sounds and chewing gum and stuff like that. Well, we have a listener who shares his... Um, quirk, if you will, his oddity, and he was he was happy to find out that someone else he wasn't the only one on the earth that had that thing. <laughs> he wasn't really complaining. He was just telling us that, um, you know, it bugged him, and he didn't ask us to quit making tasting noises because that's kind of a necessary evil on this show. Unfortunately, fortunately, but, we we try to get the bodily noises out of the way. But I certainly will be polite and not go over the top with any. Crazy noises. <laughs> We're not doing any eating anymore. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Although I would like to do one more just pair food with beer show. Maybe, maybe I think that'd be a good show to do down the road. Yeah. In the near future, or in medium future, we're going to be mixing it up a little bit. I got a bunch of singles that we really can't make shows out of that right. I really want to taste on the show. 
So we're going to do some more, we're going to do a mix and match six pack type show. Try to, we're going to do an extreme beer show, which mm-hmm. is going to be the excuse to do a mix and match for strong beers. So we're going to mix it up and we might do a little couple things with the food. And uh, so. Max will throw in some brewery verticals. Yeah, we might do that now. We uh, were hesitant to do that at first because we didn't want to be seen like we were preaching one brewery. But for example, I got a ton of very unique dogfish head beers. Right. And it's going to be very hard to find style shows to taste them all in. So we might do a brewery vertical dogfish head. It's unfortunate for the West Coast listeners because they can't get them. But they, I don't know. I just think these beers are so worthy to be tasted yeah, on the show. Yeah. And if you have any ideas for shows that include beers that we can get, <laughs> or if you want to supply the beer yeah well that's another option i guess <laughs> i've never turned down a free beer that's for sure i mean we definitely wanted to partition the show and we were getting into kind of um interesting show territory we, we we always wanted to partition the show in terms of style we felt that was a good way for somebody who likes a particular style or doesn't know about a particular style to really get an idea of what's out there there's there's still plenty of styles and we can even repeat styles we've done i mean we've yeah. done what four wits we can find yeah. four or five yeah. more. It's easy, Absolutely. if not 20. So we're going to start repeating styles, but not until we've done the full breadth of the beer styles. But I got a bunch of great, like I said, a bunch of great beers I want to taste on the show. So we're going to do a couple mix and match shows just to get them out there. Yeah. We're on 26 shows already, so we uh, we paid our dues. <laughs> <laughs> The aroma on this beer, it's just continuing to uh, uh, confuse me, um, make me curious as, well, first off, I've never noticed this before. I used to, I hate, I don't want to use a beer as an example that we're going to be tasting next week because we haven't tasted it yet. Mm-hmm. But one of my, fa- oh, there's going to be two beers. The, my favorite two Imperial Stouts that we haven't had, that, you know, that I haven't had recently, but I like are the Bell's Expedition and the Yeti. And I th- remember this is having very similar flavor to those two. Right now, it's not being no, very similar. No. It's a lot hoppier in the aroma. Flavor is actually hoppy. And for an imperial stout, that's strange. Yeah. Um, well, it's more like a double stout. But this is labeled as a Russian imperial. I mean. Yeah. So it's just a curiosity right now. I, it's, it's still a very good beer. By it the just, way, this uh, beer has won a whole bunch of awards. Let me list them out here. A gold medal, 2002 Great American Beer Festival, 1999 Great American Beer Festival, and the World Beer Championships. Gold medal in 1999, 1998, 1997, 1996. Uh, won the gold medal in the World Beer Cup in 1996. Uh, 2005 Stockholm Beer Fest. At different festivals, including the uh, World Beer Cup in Rio de Janeiro. Interestingly enough, in 2002, it won the gold medal. In 2001, it only won the bronze medal at the Great American Beer Fest. I don't know if they kept the same recipe or modified it, or the competition just wasn't as stout. Uh (laughs) Aha! Because it's a stout we're drinking, and that's why it's funny. In case you were zoning out. <laughs> oh, this is the old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, that's right. We haven't been repeating the beers. I'm going to have to hang signs on the wall saying, yeah. repeat beer name. And hopefully we won't hit our heads on them. <laughs> Listen to the pre-show. 
This is the part of the show where uh, Greg and I are starting to get a little affected by the alcohol. Absolutely. And things might get off track beers. a little bit easier now. Yeah. Definitely. Wonder what we're going to be reading in the uh, in the breathalyzer this time. Yeah. So, again, an enjoyable beer. Not mm-hmm. what I remembered. Not what I was expecting. Hoppier than you and, might and expect. very... Yeah, I, I need to have another old Rasputin. Next time I see one, I'm getting one. Because I am shocked... That it tasted this hoppy tonight. I'm still getting that. I'm trying to wash it off with some water. Still getting a lot of that um, bit hoppy bitterness on the tongue. And the roof of my mouth, too. Well, our last beer of the night is one of our, is both of our, well, it was my, one of my wow beers for uh, 2005. Me too. And it is the Great Divide Yeti Imperial Stout. As any uh, regular listener knows, we are very big fans of Great Divide. Yeah, it's only been about a year since we've seen Great Divide here in Pittsburgh. Actually, they were here before. A distributor rep told me that um, they're, they like revamped the whole brewery. They changed their beer lineup, and a new bre- distributor brought them in, too. That was all from a brewery rep who will tell you whatever you want to hear, so I do not know... <laughs> If um, how accurate that is, but with this this whole new lineup of Great Divide beers, it's just been one <laughs> great beer yeah. after another. It it you know we're due for a letdown sooner or later. I think there but, was only one that we didn't like that much. Well, that was the uh, the hibernation now. Yeah, which it, we didn't we didn't dislike it. It was just it wasn't quite the same kind of holy crap. This is awesome type of beer. Yeah. No. Let's remain unbiased, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Tasting this beer. Well, I mean, who knows how it will stand up against other Imperial Stouts. I don't know if we've... I've never had it, certainly. At the same time, I've had other Imperial Stouts. This is a 750 milliliter bottle. So Actually, get, this is a 22-ounce bottle. Oh, okay. They're different. 750s have the uh, the more cork top. Right, yeah. Or they're the ones that are more champagne bottle-like. This is shaped like a normal big beer bottle. These are 22 ounces. So I can pour Greg a nice glass, full glass with a nice head. It actually looks like it was poured at wow, a bar. nice head. Yeah, and it's very uh, much thicker head than, than the other ones. The head color is as dark as the um, Thirsty Dog. Actually, no, it's a little bit lighter. Thirsty Dog was darker than yeah. this one. I'm getting a, a definite hoppiness with this. Not quite <laughs> the same candiness as I get with the old recipe. That's funny. I tasted the hops of the old Rasputin. This one I taste all roast. I'm not getting much really? hops. So we're almost like flip-flopping on yeah, what no, we're, I'm what getting, we're I'm getting hoppiness here. We're also getting kind of the same woodiness that uh, was there with, I think it was Thirsty Dog. Oh, yeah. Come home to daddy. <laughs> Thicker mouthfeel. Yeah. it was. It's the chewiest beer so far yeah. tonight. It, um, it has a velvety feel to the yes. mouth, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of roast. Some Not quite sweet- syrupy though; it doesn't get doesn't go that far. Yeah, it, there's a lot of roast. There's some sweetness, but the sweetness isn't cloyingly. It's not syrupy either. It's the, just enough, you know. Yeah, it's um, got a mild carbonation there, enough to, to to still bring a little bit of tingling to you. I need to note that the head on this one it's the uh, creamiest of the night. Look how dense yeah. it is. Yeah, and and it's it's there's a creamy kind of flavor or cre- creamy kind of texture developmentness. To the beer itself. wonder if they use oats. A little bit. You know, just enough to give it a pinch. I wonder, because, you know, the head retention on it, it looks kind of that way. The flavor is a little bit there. I wonder if there's any oats in this. It could be. There's a really nice kind of 
dark maltiness when you sip this. Very much a, a beer where you feel like getting in front of a fire, really cold outside, putting a blanket on you and sipping this. Yeah, this is the one tonight so far, or out of all the beers, that actually feels like it fits in the snifter, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, this, is, this is a sipper through and through. One where you take the smallest sips and, yeah, like I said, blanket, fire... Um, let me light up the gas fireplace. <laughs> Set the That's mood. That's okay. I think we're I think we're fine. Set up the mood. You know, on the aroma now, I think I am picking up a little bit more hoppiness. It, it's it's hard to pick up for me. It's a spoiled American. You know, <laughs> you know hops are usually yeah. in your face, or you know, you're used to you know just playing English hops in a, a, a pale ale or something like that. There's still with all, some- the, with all the roast, it's harder to pick up. But now I am picking up some hops in the aroma. There's still some of that cattiness, some of the same kind of cattiness we tasted in, in the other beers, but there's there's a, some maltiness to kind of go with that. Don't really get a lot of hoppiness here, although there is some bitterness near the end, but it kind of could be that roasty bitterness. I just smell more hoppiness in the aroma. Uh, Great Divide Brewing Company is from Denver, Colorado. This is 9.5% alcohol by volume, 75 IBUs, and their annual production is 16,000 barrels. They started in 1994, but like we said, they revamped. Supposedly. Yeah. Okay, now that this beer is warming, it, the aroma is a, a lot different, I think. It's, you get a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. but you're getting very complex aroma. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out what that is because it's complex. <laughs> Some other interesting flavors that are coming out of here. Some interesting fruitiness. The same kind of dark fruitiness you expect from Imperial Stout. Yeah, it's just a full flavor. You can explore the different aspects of the flavor for until you pass out. <laughs> yeah. Really, this is a beer that really has to be served warm. Do not serve this cold. Because as, as it's warming up, so many other great flavors are coming out, too. It's not going to be overly bitter on your tongue. It's not going to be syrupy. I'm running out of things to say. I'm a little bit impaired. <laughs> Did you do any of the... You didn't do the awards for this one yet, have you? The awards? Oh, no. So we have the uh, Grand Champion of the U.S. Beer Tasting Championship 2005 in the Imperial Style category. That's the big one. They're boasting that they're ranked 59th in the top 100 beers at ratebeer.com. So I guess 59 is impressive, but not that impressive. It's not like number one or number two. No. It won the uh, 2003 Alpha King Challenge. The Alpha King Challenge is put on by Three Floyds every year. And it's just a little competition where they find the hoppiest well, I, beers. I would figure with Three Floyds, Alpha King. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we have a new guest here on Craft Beer Radio. This is Jeff's neighbor, Bob Value. And uh, we got these 22-ounce bottles of Yeti here, so we figured we'd invite him over to uh, taste the beer with us. He's a big fan of Imperial Stouts. He was the one I was talking about earlier who... Uh, Gave up the Bell's Expedition for the Thirsty Dog. Uh-huh. Well, I wouldn't give it up if somebody's paying me, you know, or... or well, we were, talk- we were talking about the price per case and the f- and the and the comparable between them and how it's just a much better value for being... But 30- I think the value is the key there that, um, you know, the Bell still is, I think, a little more complex... Okay, you know, but yeah. is it is it fifteen dollars more? You know, a case more complex. Yeah, we're going to be doing the bills next week. Actually, one of the two thousand and threes, like the one I gave you, which and, was quite tasty. 
And uh, the other beers we did tonight were the Thirsty Dog. Uh, we did Samuel Smith's, which was not skunked, and it was pretty good. And what was Miracle it? Miracle Cabin. <laughs> and we did Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout from North Coast Brewing. Oh, favorite. It uh, tasted really hoppy tonight compared to all these other ones. More than I remember. It's been over a year since I've had it, and it tasted a lot hoppier than normal. Than I, than I remember. Yeah, so I remember it being very similar to I the expedition. Remember, you know, it, it's very much, I think, in a traditional style. I mean, it's... I, I, it's been a while since I've had one. I mean, I kind of liken it to almost like a Stones Imperial Stout. Now, we'll be having that so, one next week, too, again, <laughs> so just to see what that one's I'm like. getting kind of an interesting bitterness uh, lingering on my tongue. Definitely the hoppiness is coming through uh, a little bit more as it warms. We were talking about how there's kind of this sweetness, um, but it's, it's a vel- there's also a velvety mouthfeel that we didn't really get from the other Stouts. Yeah, this is definitely the chewiest beer of the night. These are the, these are the two you tried tonight? Well, no, we've done... Oh, three, rather. Yeah, we've done the yeah. Old Rasputin, the Siberian Knight, and the Samuel Smith. The Samuel Smith was the, the most traditional. It had a, a more raisiny taste to it right. and some alcohol. It didn't have much of the barley roast. The Thirsty Dog had a lot of the uh, barley roast to it. The Old Rasputin tasted really hoppy to me. Yeah. I just I remember the warmth in the in the old dispute and you know kind of a and like you say the pruny raisin thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, the S- Siberian Night probably has the thickest mouth feel that I can remember out of what we're sampling. I mean it it just it's almost creamy in its in its. Texture. Not from what we tasted. Yeah, I mean, like, when you when you know, if you were here for the three, we'll be here for the whole show. The uh, Yeti is definitely the the fullest and creamiest tasting beer. The head poured on the Yeti, creamy. The other ones dissipated rather quickly. And uh, well, I'm not talking about the so much the head. Well, you know, the, uh, but mouthfeel wise too, the the Yeti is definitely the chewiest beer of the night, the fullest tasting. The uh, I would say the Thirsty Dog was probably second. When you say Greg, probably yes. But it, it the, almost, the Yeti, the Yeti is, is, is leaps and bounds ahead of it if you want to put it on a scale. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's face it, we should just move to Colorado. Yeah, all the great I think breweries. so. Somewhere between Colorado and uh, Portland and Seattle. Somewhere in there would be a good place. I'd be just happy just camping next to Great Divide. I mean, they make so <laughs> many great beers. Oh, well, there's so many good breweries in Colorado. I mean, it's Avery. I, you know, That's true. Uh, yeah, I love, you know, there's, uh, I guess maybe because I'm a rock climber, that they do an ale called Red Point Ale mm-hmm. as a climber on the cover and, and everything. But it's just a good summer beer. You want, I, I don't know whether you could get your hands on it, but they do a wonderful Imperial style. The Czar. Yeah, I had the Czar last winter. It was really good. It was along the lines of the Yeti. Where you get the the more higher alcohol, the roastier, the fuller one. It, it's in that vein, and it, it's a very good. It's one of my top five or eight imperial stouts. I think the Czar is kind of contra cyclical in that they put it out in the summer. Is isn't that's just like the Stone one, or maybe I'm thinking just the Stone. I, can't I think remember, the Czar is a I winter won't. seasonal, but the Stone is a summer. Okay, and I and that peg leg. Remember the peg leg you got a case of the from. <laughs> It's a good for a summer imperial style. I thought. I thought it was worthy. What else is in Colorado? Like that imperial oatmeal, that fat dog. Well, we have uh, the Sandlot. The Sandlot's in Colorado. We have Sandlot, but you Mm -hmm. also have New Belgium Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. 
You have um, Fort Collins Brewing, I believe, and, mm-hmm. and a couple well, others. It, uh, Rocky Mountain Brewing that does uh, oh, right. Mojo. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. That's Boulder Brewing. Boulder, Boulder Brewing. Boulder Brewing. Changed your name recently. Okay. But now they're Boulder Brewing. They do Mojo and Hazen Infused and a couple others. Mojo, they have a lot at uh, places around here, and it's pretty good. Yeah, they're relatively uh, new to the market also. Yeah, the Mojo, I enjoy. I think it's so much better than the... Hazed and infused. Okay, Greg, what do you say we do the um, the rankings? The rankings. We can wrap this up and we can chat some more in the post show. Okay. Well, my my ranking number one for the night is obviously going to be the Yeti. I think it's probably yours too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you might might be surprised you that my second is Samuel Smith. I really do like. I enjoy the 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 kind of traditional uh, flavors you got from the from from the regular Imperial Stout. Uh, I really did enjoy the the uh, Samuel Smith a lot. Uh, my next is going to be the Old Rasputin. Okay. Uh, I I like the kind of sweetness that was there. Not quite as much as I like the other stuff, though. And um, I pretty much said that there were some in the Sperian Night that I wasn't really enjoying too much. You put the Great American Fester gold medal winning beer for Imperial Style. It's last. Oh, my my tongue says it's last. Blasphemer. No, that's okay. Um, I, I think what happened was that uh, Samuel Smith was skunked and ruined his taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was pretty good tonight. Yeah, it, w- it was very good. Um, let's see, I'll put the Yeti first. The delicious beer, full mouthfeel. It's yeah. what you look for in Imperial Style. Absolutely. I am very curious to see what my reigning king of Imperial Style's Bells, how that stands up to this beer, because it's been a long time since I've had a Bells. Number two, I'm going to put Dog. Okay. It's another similar roasty, full mouthfeel beer, and I liked it a lot. Number three is tough. And I don't want to imply that number four was the board spear of the night, because we're comparing a little bit of an apple to an orange here. We have the traditional Samuel Smith, which mm-hmm. was by far the best thing I've had from Samuel Smith in a oh, long yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And then you have the old Rasputin, which was, tonight, tasted crazy hoppy. Definitely. Unbelievably crazy hoppy. Um, you know what? I'm going to put the Samuel Smith ahead of it. Okay. So, I'm going to put the old Rasputin fourth, but... I really like that beer. So, I mean, these are all just like half steps away from each other. Sure. Oh, except for the Great Divide. The Great Divide is about three or four steps ahead. Yeah, the Great Divide is definitely our winner of the night. Okay, so that is it for Craft Beer Radio. Thank you for listening. Tune in week as we do another show of Russian Imperial Styles. And uh, tune in to our extras to hear more from us talking with Bob. And we'll see you next week.